The Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel proclamation is the Gospel of John that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for the fifth Sunday in Easter, the way for anyone today. Homelessness is an immense problem. And those without a home can be, and usually are, quite troubled. Homelessness compromises security, health, and spiritual well-being. Many cities have made a valiant attempt to quell the scourge of homelessness, but it usually runs shy of providing the aforementioned three criteria. Oh, the attempts are attention-grabbing. Many have simply built barracks-style overnight dormitories. Some have distributed carts with sheltering tents that can be easily moved from place to place. Some have even made miniature boxes that can be locked for a modicum of security. Some have even made tiny homes, basic little mobile homes that are put together in tiny home communities with actual plumbing and solar electricity, just like a real house, which seems to be the most promising solution to date if they can just get the homeless people to move in. But they all fall short in being a permanent home. The truth is, 
Even those of us in proper apartments and even paid off homes, we don't have a permanent solution either. All we really have is something more comfortable and more conducive to our security and vitality. Jesus speaks to our homeless condition through his disciples today who are shaken, troubled, and maybe even a little disturbed. Jesus had just finished telling them one of their group would betray them. So his comforting exhortation to not let their hearts be troubled was indeed welcome words. Then Jesus goes on to give them hope for a permanent, peaceful dwelling place with their Heavenly Father. They need, never need fear losing ever again. Our home is with the Eternal Father because Jesus says so. So we can draw comfort from knowing that what Jesus has to give is what we want to receive. Jesus said he was going to prepare what we needed, but sometimes, like the disciples, we misunderstand where he is going with that. Thomas simply wants to know the way, and to him, it was probably pretty obvious what he was asking for. After all, the exodus was the way through the desert, away from slavery under Pharaoh. It was a clearly defined path laid out by the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And that way led to the promised land and eventually the building of the holy city of Jerusalem where they were in the upper room in this reading. It was so clear from the prophet Isaiah. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall fulfill all my purpose, saying of Jerusalem, she shall be built, and of the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Where is the way, Lord? Will it be a temple you build instead of that awful Herod the Great? Will we rule together here and now, together hand in hand in perfect peace? Show us the way. We're ready to embark on that journey to that wonderful place. But little does Thomas understand that Jesus establishes a heavenly highway that transverses the most terrible terrain possible. And Jesus' way uses no roads, no desert. And no decrees of earthly kings to give them what he has prepared for them eternally. The confusion must have been seeping into their hearts, filling them with doubt. What can he mean by he is the way? Is there a map tattooed on his back? Does he hold an astrologer's scroll in the folds of his robes? Does he alone know the secret pass in the mountains to an impenetrable fortress? Tell us this truth plainly. Give us this new life we've been fantasizing about ever since we saw your first miracle. Oh, how often we come to God and say the very same things with a 21st century adaptation to it. 
We have seen Christians with wonderful jobs, beautiful homes, well-behaved children, and healthy, active lifestyles. Why can't we have that, Lord? What prayer of Jabez should we pray now to fulfill my dreams? What purpose-filled plan can we pound out on our keyboards that will grant our every desire? What incantations can I carefully clip from your words to make the genie come out of the bottle and honor my wishes? Jesus softly but firmly says to our hearts today, I am everything you need. And after me, you'll never want for anything. Everything the Father has, he gives to you. Only through me. Philip, almost interrupting, misses the point entirely. Okay, Lord, I get it. The Father has all the good. So where is he? And when can I get with him? It's as if we just use Jesus to get what we want. Now, I'm not saying we always want bad things. Sometimes we truly want a good marriage, moral friends, respectful children. But when we go to Jesus to simply grant what we wish for, we miss the greatest thing of all, life in him. Life in Jesus opens the way to eternal life in all things, eternal things that live past the finality of the grave, becoming a part of an eternal fellowship that will praise God without end, seeing the lamb on his throne. That is the way that leads to life without end. With Christ, there is no if, ands, or buts. There is only his way, the most majestic means we can never miss. Granted, it is the most inconceivable way to the world and a throne nobody wants to sit on. The disciples would find out soon enough, having just had their feet washed by Jesus, there was a trip to the Garden of Gethsemane to be had that would shatter all the dreams they had conjured up in one dreadful night. For Jesus' journey to the Father would take him in such a way that even Jesus asked, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus' way to the Father would be the unforgettable, oh-so-regrettable, only way for us to live as well. Jesus went that way so we would never have to make a way to make up for our sins. This is the way. Through a cross that convicted the one who hung on it for the sins we committed. And Jesus took that way to free us from our sinful self and take the punishment we deserve. What a way to go, we typically say, lauding and magnifying the great historical figures before us that went out in a blaze of glory never to be forgotten. Epic women and men that earned glorious ends and songs that were sung in their honor for their brave feats and deeds. Not so our Lord. Our songs sing of his humiliation. Our songs remind us that our sins made his disgrace 
complete. What a way to go, we might sigh instead. Like no other trial by fire, like no sink or swim training we have ever seen before, like no other stupid tax we had to pay. Just who could imagine the way we lived would end in such a horrible way? Jesus could imagine. And Jesus did. And knew. The only way to save us was to go that way in our place. The cross was always his way. This is the truth. And that is the life he earned for us to live. It just doesn't seem like the way to God for most in the world today. A suffering and dying God doesn't solve my problems, some people say. What good is going to church? Others mutter under their breath. God's word doesn't say anything anyone can use, people suggest. If God doesn't do anything I want him to, well, what's the point of his way? People exclaim. It's okay. Don't come out of your seat. We need not take it personal. We are somewhat just like them and need to be patient and loving towards them every time they express their misunderstanding this way. Because we, like them, are but frail, sinful people just trying to make a way to the end of each day. So like them, we don't know either. Only God knows. And what God knows revealed in his word is just the right time will show everyone the way when their hearts are opened by the Holy Spirit's way. The very same way he opened our hearts through the proclamation of his word and by baptizing us into his name. The same way friends came alongside us and showed us the way to word and sacrament fellowship in Christ. The same way someone was just Christ to us that day, if for but a moment when we needed Jesus' way rather than the way of the world. In the meantime, we pray. We show the way. And we make our way every day for him. For Jesus is the way for anyone today. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.